0: The silver Oukau. I am Angela, and today we're discussing a few different types of investigations with Ryan. Welcome back, Ryan. Uh, today we've got a few different topics that we're going to be discussing in investigations. Good morning,
1: Angela, and good morning to the listeners.
0: We have. A variety of stuff today, <laughs> so let's start with asset investigations. What is an asset investigation, and what what type of assets do you investigate, and why? And
1: asset investigations is basically just that: uh, what someone has um, movable, uh, and um, what a business had has which is movable. Anything that needs to be accounted for in the event of a, um, a lawsuit, divorce proceedings, uh, what has the person got that can be um, taken in order to be sold for um, reimbursement of whatever legal nature or case um, that is currently um, in progress. Then you also have immovable, which is buildings, uh, which is basically property, and that is also for, for example, a business that is um, owing, or, or whatever the whatever the um, uh, case is, so that they can then once all the Im- once one of the movable assets has been um, what we call repossessed, then. Uh, if it's not enough, then they go to the immovable, which is property.
0: So this would be in an instance, for example, where one business has an issue or some legal dispute with another, and they wanting to find out if it's worth their while to go the whole legal route and to, you know, to pursue any. Kind of litigation against the other company because these things can get quite expensive you know um lawyers fees and court fees and all sorts of things so they would then do their homework by hiring an investigator to check if the other side has got stuff that would cover those costs and also recoup whatever the original um dispute was about so is that is that what um this whole investigation service is about? Am I accurate in my in my summary? That is correct. In what other types of instances would asset investigations be required? Let's say, for example,
1: there's four directors and it is found that one of the directors over the years has actually had his own business which does the same thing. And... The company itself has been losing business, and um, everyone suffers. But for some reason, this one person is still living. You know, normal life isn't. Um, there is no impact of uh, not like no business coming in. Then suspicion arises. They uh, want all the directors to be investigated for assets, and then it's found that this one actually had. Another business for years, and then that's conflict of interest, because he never declared that and then it comes then it comes to light that this person has been um, sucking up all the contracts, and then the company with, these, uh, with with the other directors then sue him and his business, and in most cases, it runs into millions where the assets the uh, movable assets does not suffice. Then they actually uh, put up the entire business and where he is located, where his business is located. And that goes up, um, let's call it for auction, gets repossessed, he gets auctioned to um, cover losses for the actual company.
0: Are asset investigations only useful in business-related disputes?
1: No, um, very often it is divorces. Then the client, um, now our clients is normally the attorneys, will then represent the um, the spouse that is claiming from from the other. Then that person will say, look, he's got a business and he's not declaring it on whatever documentation. It says that he doesn't own any businesses. And then we have to put in, they will, the attorneys will then ask us to, investigate this person and to actually physically go on the road and see where the business is located, see where he is, if he is connected directly, which means we have to put eyes on him or her at the business premises. And then we um, find a way to get in to see what is there. Does the building belong to him? What part of the building or uh, what can be included in the settlement that is immovable and, if possible, um, movable items. So, yeah, uh, it it, it happens not only in business company to company, but also in marital disputes, divorce, settlements, etc.
0: Let's switch to a general question that I have come across quite a bit. Can you actually put a time frame on investigations and not just asset investigations but any type of investigation I mean could you is there is there is it possible to say you know <laughs> um, in a week or a month and also what you will get at the end
1: unfortunately uh, in the beginning you know you will think if it's a normal small case for divorce or something like that, then you think oh, it will take a week, it will take two weeks. But in actual fact, it's um, impossible to say. The reason why um, a lot of people say, oh, no, it's straightforward. You go to his house, you see what he's got, you know, the, the companies there. You can say you want to um, just job shadow and see what they have. And uh, within two to three days, you're done. It's not actually it doesn't really work like that because people are clever. They can own a company, they can be at the address, and the minute things start going south, they can easily up and move, you know. So uh, what you think you're going to be able to do in a week, you come there, building's empty, no one is there, building's been sold, they never owned it, so you have to start from scratch again. So you cannot put a time frame on asset investigations. It, it's It's totally impossible because when someone is... Um, not being honest is doing bad business, they have their bases covered. They are actually in all... The mere fact that there is a problem is because they knew exactly what it is that they were doing and they're always one step ahead. So when you start an investigation, many times you think you're going to end up at point A, but you end up somewhere further down the line. And sometimes you're in another another door in another town, completely on the other side of South Africa, because that's how far ahead people think. So, type, so, you, so you cannot put a time frame on any investigation, actually, for that matter.
0: Let's move on to business activity investigations. What is that? What is that involved? And who usually requires such an investigation?
1: That's a case when an um, owner of a company or directors, uh, they have someone that is interested in wanting to partner with them, become a director or invest in them, but want a um, directorship role or decision-making role in that, then the company will normally uh, contact us to find out who this person is and um, where does he come from and uh, anything that we can find out about a person, you know, just to cover their tracks, to make sure that they got their T's crossed and their I's dotted so that they can make an informed decision.
0: So what kind of information would they then get back from such an investigation?
1: What we do, we see the nature of the business. Let's say, for example, it is a a jewelry company, right, or okay, can make it more simple, plumbing business then you got three directors and someone came in or want to do business with them and we will then look at the person and uh, check their records if they have because conflict of interest is something that very few people actually declare because someone want to go in business with someone is already a businessman so uh, what is it that they already might have that they are not saying so it's a plumbing business and um, the company was approached by someone so we will then look into this person's um, data right and we'll see okay there is no businesses there now let's say for example we look at the person's record, and now we see okay there's a spouse we look at the spouse The spouse has a plumbing business registered in his or her name. And then that's conflict of interest because now could it be that their business isn't thriving? Now, this is just for the sake of the topic. Uh, Their business isn't thriving, so let's get in on on another bigger company. And then, for example, he's given directorship. And over five years... Um, the business starts to, um, you know, suffer. But then come another five years later, they find out that this guy's wife has a plumbing business and they were, instead of them paying for plumbing material, for example, uh, he's been rerouting, or for the um, sake of the conversation, say he was stealing or fraudulently Um, routing uh, equipment and products and spares whatever it is to the wife's business so that it will cut costs on their side and they can do better business so it's things like that that we look into is the person safe have they got are they related to anyone that has the same type of business and uh, if so then the um, company can say look we don't want to do business with you but if we do find that there is that is completely clear. He's got no connections to anyone else associated with that type of business. Then we will give him the report to say, "Look, um, he passes, so there shouldn't be any issues further down the line."
0: When we're talking about criminal investigations, it doesn't cover all sorts of crimes. Yeah. Um, obviously, the the services that Silver Wolf offers. So, what falls under that banner? Well, we've got fraud theft, uh,
1: defamation of character and sexual harassment.
0: So what kind of theft are we talking about? Is it business theft or petty crimes? What kind of theft? It is
1: crimes, so we, we basically don't just turn away people because it's not a business. We do anything that is um, theft from houses, um, For for example expensive jewellery from a property, We do um, theft in businesses, be it, um, uh, let's say it's a place that sells batteries, batteries are going missing, or it is a framing factory, frames are going missing. So uh, it is basically um, theft in all aspects, if we can, uh, that uh, people would want um, assistance with. The reason being, uh, everybody goes to SAPS. But um, uh, we are much more current, so we're able to attend to most of these then and now. And, yeah, so theft, basically, it isn't company-specific. It is for private people and for businesses.
0: Let's discuss the other points that you mentioned as well.
1: Then you also have sexual harassment. In the workplace, it can be sexual harassment, Um in an area, in a suburb, it can be um, in a shop, it it can be um, uh, anything uh, that where people are trying to find answers but no one is willing to to assist. uh, Then we will do what we need to do, we need to question people, we have to go undercover if we have to, um, just to find out the validity of it, and yeah so it, it's sexual harassment forms um, has many faces so we basically cover or attempt to cover most of those to um, catch the predator or the person committing committing the crime you have defamation of character or where someone is slandering another person's name it can be in the business it can be a a remark that someone is making um and uh so uh it 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 doesn't really have to be in like under a roof or at a building at, like you know in a building at a company so we we um get to the bottom of what is that is um slandering um someone for whatever reason and yeah so um those are f- um, few and far between because as um sexual harassment is one of the highlights of government, so doesn't happen that often but it does happen. Then we have fraud, which is one of my my firm favourites has been it is the most exercised hobby in um the area that I live in and um it is it has so many faces so fraud um happens anywhere it happens in a family it happens in a business it happens um through a pyramid scheme it happens all over it, ca- it can happen in a dealership it can happen in in a radio in a cd store it can happen anywhere it is so broad that um uh it is one of the most exciting things So, but fraud has many faces it's where people lost something um, it's in most cases money and uh, just to find the source to find where it went is in itself um, a very intricate operation but very exciting
0: Let's talk about missing persons investigations Um just Tell us more about that type of investigations and how simple or intricate it, it is. It's, it becomes intricate.
1: Normally, it's just normally it's just a straightforward thing where someone just went missing for a while. But a missing person is a missing person. And what's surprising about a missing person? Um, first and foremost, is the first question that we ask is, do you know where the person went? And if they went there, who did they go to? And um, it's shocking, the answers that we get where uh, nobody knows. The person just up and left. Um, So, it basically, we have to start from, basically from the ground up. Is um, check the last messages, whoever they sent the message to at home we have have to basically start from where they left from what the situation is here so you have to dig up a family history family feud whatever happened in the house in the last 24 hours was the argument there is so many factors involved in a missing person that um, opens up the realization that sometimes we don't even know ourselves, where our family members are, um, what they were lost. So um it because of these things, um now you have to you know, you got twenty four hours and um to get that person back safely. Um but a missing person is one of the most trickiest um, aspects of what we do.
0: Then in terms of SAPS. Do you? How does that work? Do you work alongside them, or do people come to you first, or do they have to go and open a missing person's case first before they can then, you know, use an investigator? How does that work?
1: In these instances, when we get involved with a missing person, is when uh, SAPS is already on the case, but the the family uh, wants someone with whom they can be in constant contact with. Uh, they would then contact us. We would then uh, go to Seps, check with Seps what it is that they've found, and offer to to work side by side with him. And uh, Seps has got um, uh, they they are they are so f- um, fully booked. And uh, that we will then do whatever it is we need to do. Uh, and whatever we find, we get back to Sapstan this is, this is what we have come up with. But yes, um, it is important that we work hand in hand with um, uh, South African Police Services so that whatever information they get, they will tell us and we will follow that up for them which is the only and best way to do it. So yeah, um, we do work on all cases uh where sepsis is involved, we um uh work side by side with him.
0: Can you talk a little bit more about instances and outcomes in these kinds of cases?
1: Of the two that I worked on, the um person was mentally um handicapped um had a lot of phobias and was missing for about uh 18 hours and she she basically took everything but because of the mental um instability of the individual her safety is uh, or anybody's safety is paramount that we had to find within a specific amount of time so You don't get people that just run away because they want to. You also get people that's got um, mental issues, and that can um, that's got phobias. So, and they're unaware of um, how unsafe it is out there. So, um, it it ranges from teenagers playing truant to actual um, mental conditions to people that's gone missing and presumed dead, but maybe also just absconded from responsibilities.
0: Are there any tips or advice that you would give to people in these instances or to help them prevent these instances or how family at least have some kind of lead or something, you know, when they go to the police? Um, if if something like this does happen to one of their family members, not just people with mental difficulties, but just ordinary people as well, is there anything, any kind of tips that you could give in this instance?
1: Yes, um, I'm just going to throw in anyone that's got a family member that is, that has mental issues, young or old, um, a pinch, like an old person, someone suffer from dementia, in their clothing, they don't even have to know about it, you know. Um, write their name your name and telephone number um, on every single clothing item so when they go missing when they wander off um, anything you know the first thing saps neighborhood would watch people um, law enforcement anyone the first thing they actually do is they grab you by the collar and they see if there's a name inside if anyone's got family members that is prone to just wandering off You know, um, your kids going to school, write anything on all the tags on every item of clothing. And then, as normal people, always traveling the roads, um, I do it. You know, I'm nearly 50, but whenever I leave home, I will let someone know where I am going and whether I'll be back late or not. You know, and when I leave um, to go back home, I put on my um, live location, send it to someone that I know um, is going to see that message, and I set it for eight for maximum eight hours, so that in the event of me going missing, they know that I won't have my phone on me. I will just put it somewhere, you know, so that no one can find it. But um, these little things, not to let people. Um, in on your life but for safety reasons so many things is happening that it's just these little things that you do that can change that an outcome of a missing person or you going missing
0: good advice yeah thanks ryan thanks for joining me today and uh, for explaining and highlighting the services that silver Wolf office and sharing your knowledge and experience and expertise in um these different topics that we spoke about today. Uh, thanks for all of that.
1: Well, thank you, Angel, for having me again um, and for the listeners, for taking the time. Uh, but what I can say is a sign-off is don't do crime if you can't do the time. Fraud pays, but only for a short while because um, fraud is found out. Uh, people pick up losses and they will ask me or our business to find out who it is and how much they took so yes so um look after one another you know tell your family where you're going and when you come back let them know what route you're going to take and the only route in life is the proper route the honest route and the safe one